0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. A brand new week together begins with insight from author Tom Horn and James Collins looks at Christian persecution in America. Watchmen on the Wall is able to bring clarity to the chaos because of you. Your prayers and financial support allow us to be here each day with timely interviews, important analysis of the news of the day, and Bible teaching that reminds us that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Would you consider supporting this ministry with a gift today? You can give securely online at swrc.com or you can give by calling 1-800-652-1144. Thank you. Author Tom Horn examines how technology is ushering in the new world order in his book, Beast Tech. Our host, Pastor Larry Spargermino, recently spoke with Tom Horn about the latest developments in technology, including human microchipping that could be leading to the mark of the beast. Dr. Tom Horn
1: from SkyWatch TV is our guest. He is a prophetic researcher who has done a tremendous service to the Christian community. His material is always biblical, carefully researched, and clearly stated. He has raised articles and books on prophecy to the levels of excellence that few writers have ever attained. For these two programs, we're offering a book that Dr. Horn has written with Terry Cook, the title of the book Beast Tech. It's always a delight to have Dr. Tom Horn with us. Hi, Tom. Thanks for being on the show
2: inviting me on i love the southwest radio ministry
1: we talked a while back about how dr hutchings and you and our ministry got you started and wow god has really blessed you and i'm so glad that noah could have a part in your life
2: well so Ministries has done that for so many people down through time. Many, many of the most well-known prophecy teachers in the world Mm. were either encouraged by or actually got their start by the Southwest Radio Ministries highlighting what they were doing, their research.
1: Well, we are actually on the move in the right direction. There's a lot of stuff happening that we're doing that we never did before. I'm really excited about just being part of a great organization that's been around since 1933. It's always a privilege to be in ministry. I, of course, pastor a local church, and that's exciting for me, but also Southwest Radio Church is one of the loves of my heart. Tom, you've written several books, including Beast Tech, that analyzes transhumanism and the current human enhancement tech revolution in light of end times prophecy. Now, this is a big, big thing. First of all, tell us, what is transhumanism, and why should we pay attention to it?
2: Simply stated, for those that might be listening that are unfamiliar with this term, transhumanism and its ultimate goal, post-humanism, is a growing philosophy that is espoused by both religious and non-religious devotees that imagine that the next step in human evolution is going to arrive as a result of breakthrough advances in science. So they're talking about the use of technology guided by specific philosophy, including cybernetics, bioengineering, nanotechnology, machine intelligence, artificial intelligence, synthetic biology, just a lot of stuff that ends with the (laughs) phrase-ology. And they believe that all of this breaking tech is going to integrate with mankind to create mind-boggling game changes to everything we've ever known about what it means to be a human. And people need to understand, this is a vision that has already started. It's well underway, from the smartphones that people are using now with biometric identification, to Elon Musk's upcoming Neuralink that's going to start being implanted in people's brains even before the end of this year, according to Musk, to dozens DARPA projects aimed at improving, specifically, soldier performance on the battlefield, but ultimately they admit this will also wind up in the larger culture. Mm. Astonishing technological developments that are now pushing the frontiers of human design towards this far-reaching morphological transformation that transhumanists promise in the very near future is going to redefine what it means to be uh, human and so basically that's a description but the main thing people need to know is that this international intellectual fast-growing cultural movement known as transhumanism it's not just a bunch of old hippies i mean this goes mm. all the way to the highest levels of the department of defense right. our different intelligence agencies some of the highest intellects that provide advice to our american military are saying that it's literally The next ARMS race, what I call GRINS, G-R-I-N-S, Tech. I think I used that term in the book, Beast Tech. But GRINS is an acronym, just stands for Genetics, Robotics, Artificial Intelligence, Nanotechnology, and Synthetic Biology, as tools that are radically going to redesign our minds, our memories, our physiology, our offspring, even perhaps as the famous philosopher Joel Garreau in his best-selling book Radical Evolution claims it's even going to redefine our very souls he says so it's a technological cultural metaphysical shift that's now underway that unapologetically forecasts a very near future dominated by a new species of unrecognizably superior humans. And all of these applications under study now aim to make that dream a reality. Mm. It's being funded by thousands of governments around the world, especially the United States, China, Russia, and even private research facilities that include, among other things, rewriting human DNA and combining humans with A fact that even some university studies and transhumanists are celebrating is not only going to alter our bodies and souls, but ultimately you're going to open a door to contact with unseen intelligence. And yes, that is part of what they are saying.
1: Well, you yourself have actually been designated the International Leader of the Transhuman Resistance, and I remember we talked about that a while back, but I'm sure our our listeners would love to hear how you are the International Leader of the Transhuman Resistance. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, and I believe in that paperwork. It also includes you and the Southwest Radio Church (laughs) in what they call a milieu which is just the french term which means a community specifically a community of individuals that hold to particular ideas now in this case because i've written and published different papers several best-selling books even an award-winning documentary on the subject i think you might make that available through southwest radio ministries Mm -hmm. called inhuman Mm -hmm. but in any case because of all the stuff I've been out there saying, and tying this back to verses like Matthew twenty four thirty seven, where Jesus said it would be like it was in the days of Noah. Because of all that, I caught the interest of leading transhumanists, and most recently the peer-reviewed Zygon, which is a journal mm. of religion and science, they featured a thesis that had been written by a professor, S. Jonathan O'Donnell, at the Department of Religion and Philosophy at the University of London. The heady title of his thesis is Secularizing Demons, Fundamentalist Navigations in Religion and Secularity. But O'Donnell's thesis, to put it into easier-to-understand terms, basically claims that he is exploring at a deeper level than his peers ever have, what he calls the anti-transhumanist apocalypticisms mm. <laughs> of our day, <laughs> the central voice behind which he has identified as yours truly, mm. Tom Horn, who he calls an evangelical conspiracist. <laughs> <laughs> and he determined that me, people like you, Larry, and those who work With us at our institutions are the leaders of the transhuman resistance that he says members of his community had better pay attention to. And in fact, the peer-reviewed Zygon must have agreed, at least to the point that they found reason to promulgate, his thesis that took issue with me, you, and all the people that work with us and our commentary around bio-enhanced humans with unique cognitive abilities that have been in the design budgets and on the drawing board of military strategists and social engineers for some time, that this could not all just be a utopian near-future reality. I mean, there could be a very dark side, maybe even a part of this that is connected to prophecy and the second coming of Christ. And in fact, They're already labeling this what they're calling the hybrid age. They're saying that right now we are entering into the hybrid age, and they mean exactly what that sounds like, what we're already doing with genetically modified crops, what we're doing with transgenic animals, what we're doing with human animal chimeras, at least at the embryonic scale, we intend to do to the rest of humanity in general, to hybridize mankind via genetic alterations, nanotech, synthetic biology, human tech integration with artificial intelligence, brain-machine interfacing, and all of that. In fact, there was a scientist, I was actually reading his paper earlier, who says that this technology is set to insinuate itself now into every sphere and nook of human activity from the manipulation, I'm actually reading his paper, and replication of DNA, to incrementally integrating with technology, launching an era of change and innovation that we call the hybrid age, In mm. quote. So it's here. It's about to become even more invasive in terms of everything from brain-machine interfacing to the way the military is looking at using this technology, and, of course, some of the wilder schemes of the transhumanist community that was laughed at only a decade ago, but now becoming reality, in which you might have saw the article in which a genetically engineered liver, I believe it was, was taken from a human animal, chimera pig, and placed into a human, and it was successful.
1: I did two programs with Dr. Michael Heiser, and we were talking about the different views of Genesis 6-4 and related issues. And he said, if you understand what that scripture is saying and the other scriptures in Deuteronomy, and if you look at what's happening in the world, and he was referring to some of the things that you're talking about, he said that sheds a tremendous amount of light on Genesis 6 and the idea that this is just some kind of a natural phenomenon where uh, people who weren't so good married good people and, and so on and so forth. He said, you know, what's going on today. And when you do a careful exegesis of those relevant passages, you can't but see the truth of what's being said in Genesis 6. And I think when you tie that in with a lot of the developments, and I believe it's Revelation chapter 9 and the strange creatures that we're meeting, I think all of this is coming together as very prophetic and very much in the devil's foreview to decimate the human race.
2: I agree completely. Of course, Dr. Heiser is far more the theologian than I am who can you know, readily connect the dots, I guess, between what is happening in a great deal of technology today and what was forecast not only in future prophecy, but what actually unfolded in the days of Noah when you had these, think of them as fallen angelic scientists. Mm -hmm. that came down, and they began doing exactly what we're doing today, tinkering with human genetic makeup, animal makeup, even plants, according to the Book of Enoch, and ultimately giving rise to a race of entities, beings, what the Old Testament calls Nephilim or giants, that were outside of the redemptive, creative genius of God. And ultimately, many people believe, led to what happened during Noah's flood. So what you have on the one hand is technology, but on the other hand, you have what's called the divine order, the way God made everything, including humans, in his image or to be his image bearers. And that we need to be careful in terms of technology, if we modify humans to a certain point beyond what God intended for them to be. That's their genetic makeup or maybe the way their brain functions in connection with supernaturalism, brain-machine interfacing. What modern studies, though, are leaning up against, and I kind of hinted at this a moment ago when I said that even some of the transhumanists are saying that this could give rise to our connection to unseen intelligence, is that these technologists, they really don't understand the supernatural aspect connected to the human genetic makeup. We were made very specifically in a certain pattern that was not to be corrupted. And when once it was, of course, then God had to send the flood. One of the top transhumanists out there, he's back in the news again, is Professor Nick Bostrom. Mm -hmm. He's the director of the Future of Humanity Institute and a professor of philosophy at Oxford University. But he's also a leading advocate of transhumanism who sees other dimensions or modes of perception opening via human enhancement. He actually advocates for this, and if you go to his website, NickBostrom.com, you can see where he envisions remanufacturing humans with animals, plants, other synthetic life forms through the use of modern sciences like recombinant DNA technology, CRISPR-type, genetic engineering, transgenics, and so on. But if you go there and read his thesis, it's what he earned his PhD writing, he describes the benefit of man with beast combinations in his article, Transhumanist Values. And he goes on to talk about how animals have levels of perception humans don't have, like sonar, magnetic orientation, sensors for electricity and vibration, and so on. And he goes on to include how the range of sensor modality for transhumans not therefore be limited to those in the human species but could be expanded at least into what the animals have and he even argues there's no fundamental block to adding say a capacity to see infrared radiation or to perceive radio signals perhaps to add some kind of telepathic sense by augmenting our brains. Well the point I would make is he's correct in that the animal kingdom has levels of perception beyond humans. Some animals can sense earthquakes, others can smell tumors, some, like dogs, can hear sounds at 40,000 hertz, dolphins can hear even higher. Some animals can see wavelengths beyond normal human capacity, but that's where it starts getting interesting, maybe even supernatural, and perhaps as Bostrom may understand and anticipate, that according to, for instance, the biblical story of Balaam's donkey, certain animals can see into what you and I, Larry, would call the spirit world. And there have been contemporary secular studies that indicate that animals might sometimes be reacting to some kind of intelligence beyond human perception. So the big question then, will combining ourselves with animal genetic makeup, which is very complex, but will it do what some of these transhumanists hope for, and have the consequences for enhanced humans with animal DNA to be able to perceive into what you and I would call the spirit world. Mm, Wow.
1: Well, thank you so much, Tom. We really appreciate your insights. Always exciting, to say the least.
2: Well, thank you very much for having me on the program. I look forward to the next time.
1: Dr. Tom Horn has been our guest. We've been talking about the book Beast Tech and Other Issues. Dr. Horn is going to be back with us for our next show.
0: Please be sure to tune in. Tom Horn will continue his look at Beast Tech next time. Get the complete two day conversation on CD by calling 1 800 652 1144. That's 1 800 652 1144. If you'd like to learn more about technology and how it's being used to fulfill Bible prophecy, get a copy of Tom Horn and Terry Cook's book, Beast Tech. In this book, you'll discover how, as newer versions of RFID-like transmitters become even more sophisticated, adding other prophetic components, such as merging human biological matter with transistors to create living, implantable machines. The authors of this book, a former police detective and a best-selling prophecy writer, have come to believe the possibility that the mark of the beast will arrive through a version of this technology is substantial. Get Beast Tech by Tom Horn and Terry Cook for a gift of $15 or more when you call 1 800 652 1144. That's 1 800 652 1144. You can always order online, swrc.com. Are Christians in America today being persecuted? James Collins thinks so. He explains why and examines a prophetic passage from Daniel chapter 3. In today's edition, of A Moment of Prophecy. In the book of Daniel we read about three young
3: Hebrew men who were taken from their families when King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Judah. These three faithful men stood against their new king with boldness and refused to bow down to his false idol. Their names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief of the eunuchs of Babylon gave them new names. Hananiah's name was changed to Shadrach. Mishael was changed to Meshach. And Azariah's new name was Abednego. God gave the three Hebrew young men knowledge and wisdom and the king set them over the affairs of the province. After a while, King Nebuchadnezzar became so full of himself that he commissioned a golden image. When the statue was completed, it stood approximately 90 feet, which is about the size of a 10-story building. Nebuchadnezzar then commanded everyone to worship his golden image. Now the king received word from certain people of the province that his three favored young advisors, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were disobedient to his command and refused to bow down and worship the golden image. So the king sent for the three young men and explained to them that if their disobedience continued, they would be thrown into a fiery furnace. In other words, the king gave them one last chance to change their minds and bow down to the golden image. They responded with the following declaration which is recorded in Daniel 3 verses 16 through 18. They said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Basically, the three young men told King Nebuchadnezzar in no uncertain words, we will absolutely not worship your stupid statue, O king. As you can imagine, the king was infuriated. He had the furnace heated seven times hotter than normal. Then he ordered his mighty men of valor to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. The heat was so intense that the mighty men were consumed by the fire when they tossed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into what was supposed to be their fiery grave. However, God miraculously and supernaturally delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego unharmed from the flames and intense heat of the furnace. In a pre-incarnate appearance, the Lord Jesus Christ was there in the furnace walking beside the three young men, keeping them from harm. What's the lesson for you and I as believers today? What can we learn from the fiery experience of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The answer is we can gain courage from knowing Jesus is with us even when we face persecution and trials. Granted, you and I are not being tossed into the fire for our faith, but I believe that persecution of the Christian church is coming. It'd be quite arrogant of us Christians living here in the United States of America to think that we're immune. In fact, we're already witnessing some of it today. Watch the news, read a newspaper, or scan an internet news site and you will see the agenda of the devil as he works to steal, kill, and destroy all things Christian. Here are a few of the stories that have made headlines recently. In Colorado, Christian Baker and cake artist Jack Phillips is back in court. He's being sued by homosexual activists again, this time for refusing to make a gender transition cake. Now Phillips isn't the only cake artist in Colorado, but because he's a Christian, He's the only one being taken to court on these issues. The University of Iowa recently decided to deregister all on-campus Christian groups. The reason university officials gave for this action was because the Christian groups required their leaders to agree with a statement of faith. They believe it's discrimination for a Christian group to insist their leaders be Christian. Last August, the city of Fredericksburg, Virginia, denied the housing tax exemption of a Christian couple who serve as college ministers. The husband and wife live in a parsonage provided by their church, and they minister full-time to students at the University of Mary, Washington. City officials believe that since the couple does not work in a church but on a campus, they should not get the tax exemption. Last July, a Christian woman was beheaded and dumped into the street in front of horrified eyewitnesses in a residential neighborhood in Shakopee, Minnesota. The suspect arrested for the horrific crime was a Muslim man who is also an illegal alien. Police say the suspect often carried a machete with him as he walked around town making threats against Christians. In Oregon, Dozens of black-clad Antifa militants assaulted a group of Christians, including children who were attending a prayer and worship event in Portland. Local police looked on as Antifa members threw flash bombs into the crowd and pushed the sound equipment being used for the event into the Williamette River. One of the members sprayed a congregant with pepper spray and shouted, Where is your God now? These are just a few of the recent stories that show how the devil is working against God's people. I didn't mention how churches are still being closed due to COVID, but massage parlors and medical marijuana dispensaries are deemed essential And allowed to remain open. I could have discussed the laws that are being formulated to systematically eliminate God's Holy Word from all venues in our public arenas. I could have communicated how a drag queen can read filth to your children in a public library, but you can't read the Bible there. There are hundreds of instances that I could have cited. All around the country today Christians are being persecuted, abused, discriminated against, and Yes, even martyred for adhering to their faith in Jesus Christ. Freedom of religion is of the past and tolerance toward Christians is the order of the day. Our own government is involved in silencing the Christian voice in one way or another. No, they won't admit it, but nonetheless, they're hard at it and they will not be satisfied until their satanic mission is complete. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bend or bow to evil pressures or influences. They stood on God's Word. They were bold in their response to the King. They knew God would see them through whatever evil obstacle was placed before them. And you and I as believers can take heart in knowing that many Christian brothers and sisters have gone through countless trials and hardships, but God, through His Holy Spirit, went with them through their adversity. And He'll be right beside us too. In the times when we're urged to give in to pressure, we don't have to be afraid. We may not always know how or when God will help us, but we will know He is with us. God will give us the strength to stay faithful with Him through every fire we endure. Let me encourage you to hold on to God's promises. Be as steadfast as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in their time, and don't let any evil kings sway you in your beliefs. Our only King is King Jesus, and we will follow His Word for our lives. This is James Collins reminding you that the testimony of Jesus
0: is the spirit of prophecy. Today in our Resource Center, we're offering the book Beast Tech by Tom Horn and Terry Cook. This book takes a deep dive into how technology is being developed and used to bring us closer than ever before to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Get Beast Tech by Tom Horn and Terry Cook for a gift of $15 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online swrc.com. And make sure you ask how to get free shipping on your order. Tomorrow, Tom Horn will continue looking at the effects of the beast tech in our world and in our families. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.